Are you tired of losing your rights and freedoms? The Alberta Prosperity Project has a solution for you. Join the community and learn more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And with you on board, we can achieve freedom and prosperity for all of us. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. I'm David Menzies. And my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Do you know that today is National Daiquiri Day? My friend loves daiquiris. I was going to celebrate National Daiquiri (laughs) Day with her, except I couldn't come up with a rhyming couplet for the words hickory daiquiri dock. Oh, she is the she-devil with a sword. (laughs) She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Oh, David, I'm doing great. Um, (laughs) I know that you could actually come up with a rhyme, and that's the problem. (laughs) How's it going, David? (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm just assuming you like daiquiris. I mean... As I understand it, it's rum, lime, and sugar. I have to avoid sugar, so that's off my list. Uh, but I do uh, too, just for fun. I oh. <laughs> I don't have like a medical reason to like my pancreas isn't trying to kill me, but I just I, I don't know. I can take or relieve daiquiris. I try not to drink my calories, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? I got to say thank you because when it comes to the topic of eating, remember I was complaining a couple of shows ago with my cycling program. uh, I end up, the unsavory part of it is I end up getting bugs flying down my throat. And you said to close your mouth, something I don't (laughs) like to do, but I did. And the bug consumption has dramatically plunged Way to go, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Another reason why you are the chief reporter at this company. <laughs> You're welcome, David. You're welcome. I'm just also looking at this. It's National Stick Your Tongue Out Day. Um, <laughs> National Urban Beekeeping Day. Um, I don't know what all these other things are. I think these are like culturally significant days in other places but um it's also flight attendant safety professionals day today we honor and recognize the hard work dedication and professionalism of flight attendants boy i wouldn't want to be a flight attendant these days of airport chaos thanks to liberals and and uh all the layoffs and the catastrophe and of the arrive can app and and the only time the liberals have ever considered being fiscally conservative was when they laid off all the screening staff um, to make sure that they uh, met budgets in airports. And then they turned the airports into biomedical labs, which they were never designed to be. And um, oh, yeah. And all the passport staff are also working from home. So I wouldn't want to be a flight attendant because that might be the first human face you see after you've traversed the disaster of the airport. Be nice to them, please, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, you know, you you took the words out of my mouth. I'm sure they are getting the brunt of uh, travelers yeah. that are beyond their wits end. But I'm going to challenge you on something, Sheila. Um, laying off the screeners at the airport wasn't the first example of Trudeau liberal fiscal conservatism. We got to go back to 2019. Don't you remember that $10.5 million check to our own homegrown Al-Qaeda terrorist, right. uh, Omar Khadr. Because you see, folks, to challenge this in the courts, that could have been tens of millions. So we're going to save you uh, the burden of that and just cut this murderer, self-confessed murderer, 
an eight-figure check. How disgraceful. But so we have two examples of fiscal conservatism. And it's funny because they love to just keep challenging us in court. Spare no expense <laughs> to fight Rebel News yeah. all the time. You know, like to get access to the debates, they throw, you know, dozens of lawyers at our one or two lawyers working around the clock to get us in. And they do. Um, also, you know, like all these legal challenges with regard to vaccine passports and yep. Um, now the Arrive Can app and lockdowns, all these constitutional challenges, they don't mind throwing every resource they have at charities. Like they're fighting the Democracy Fund, which is a legal charity yeah. in court using all the resources of the government. They never, ever consider that maybe we could save some money by just saying, yeah, you know what? This was a bad idea. Let's just backtrack. They only do that for convicted al-Qaeda terrorists, confessed yes. and convicted al-Qaeda terrorists. It, it is astonishing, Sheila. And what is even worse with the example you gave, when we get our lawyers to defeat, not only in 2019, but in 2021, for us to attend the uh, parliamentary uh, leader debates, and we win both times, and we get into the facility and get no, and then when our uh, beloved colleague Alex Lavoie gets Justin Trudeau uh, to on the podium to ask a question. Uh, he pulls a line from his boyfriend, Jugmeet Singh, I don't answer questions from Rebel News. I, what a, it's not just a slap in the face to us, but to Canadians, to voters, to our 1.5 million YouTube subscribers. What I'm saying is he loses in court despite all the king's horses and all the king's men fighting against us legally. And then when he loses, he basically takes his ball and goes home. I'm not going to answer a question because I don't like you. What kind of garbage is that? Well, and it's it speaks to a broader issue of his disrespect for the courts and the rules. Yes. Um, you know, don't you don't like me? That's fine. But a judge just told you yep. that I'm a journalist. And so do you. I don't care if you respect me. I really don't care. But will you respect the judge who just admonished you in court? Or are you or do you think you are above the courts and above the law? And obviously, based on the fact that we have one, two, three ethics complaints, Roman numeraled at this point against Justin Trudeau, not ethics complaints, founded ethics violations, judgments against him. He obviously has no respect for any of the rules. The rules are for the little people. It sure is, uh, Sheila. But before we go on, uh, it is at this point you usually tell the folks at home what it is we are attempting to do here today. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, David, I'm, I'm flying a little bit blind today because I was in uh, some planning meetings with uh, the big boss man, Ezra Levant, <laughs> not the wrestler, um, although <laughs> both would be kind of fun to see um, <laughs> before I jumped on the call. So I'm just sort of out of the corner of my eye, looking at the topics that we're we're talking about today. But this is the Rebel News but, Daily Live. Sheila, if I can Sorry. interject, wouldn't it be great if Ezra donned the wardrobe of the wrestler, the big boss man? You know, the big boss man, if I understand, he was from the Department of Corrections in Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> it would just be so yeah. cool, you know, for Ezra to walk around with one of those big badges. <laughs> just to remind everybody who the boss man is here. <laughs> Twirling a baton. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. I think Ezra can rock know. that uniform. <laughs> 
I don't know if that chest hair meets uh, uniform standards in Cobb County. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, this is the Rebel News Daily live stream, wherein sometimes we talk about the news. We do get around to it. Be patient with us. But uh, this is an unscripted show, so sometimes things, well, get unscripted. But we are currently streaming on YouTube. And uh, but YouTube is a censorship platform now, so we might have to cut the feed there if we talk about mm, election integrity or we question the advice of a public health officer who also questioned their own advice depending <laughs> on the day of the week. Um, that'll get us kicked off the platform. But the good news is we're streaming on Getter, and if you want to interact with us and support the work that we do, then mosey on over to uh, Odyssey and Rumble. Uh, those two platforms allow you to support the work that we do and interact with us. So you can send us something called uh, a Rumble rant. That's their paid chat. If you send us that, we'll put uh, your comment, query, question, story idea. We'll put that on the screen and David or me will do our best to answer it. Uh, likewise with Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. There's a couple different ways to do that. You can send it in their library <clears throat> cryptocurrency or regular old good old fashioned money. We'll take both. We're not choosy. And we'll do the same thing. If it's a question, whatever, we'll do our best to answer it. But it, this sort of democratizes the show, but also allows you to support the journalists that you actually want to support. Unlike the mainstream media, those journalists over there, you're supporting them, um, even if you don't want to. Yes. Um, it's the Rogers system of, what do they call it again? Negative option billing. You remember that, folks. I think it was back in 1994. You suddenly turned on your TV and you had all these new channels. And you go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't order them. And then you got the bill in the mail. And uh, guess what? Rogers adopted a system that unless you opt out, they assume you want to buy all these crappy uh, specialized channels. And there was a palace revolt. Although I got to tell you, Sheila, uh, Rogers will never do that again. The thing is with the mainstream media bailouts, we can't opt out. If we don't like it, too bad. Suck it up. And the money is increasing, if you can believe it. It's always been over a billion plus for the CBC, twas ever thus. But um, I think you did a report. It was like these trade magazines that were so obscure and like, you know, yeah. Post Media and Torstar, they were getting propped up with, it's almost, is there anybody out there, is there any print media out there in Canada not getting a subsidy? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really don't. Like, I've looked at that list and it's literally everybody, I think even Chickadee, <laughs> uh, like those kids magazines, remember Chickadee? Yeah. Uh, those are still getting, uh, I, who even knew that they were still in print, but they're getting subsidized by the government. Um, McLean's naturally, um, the ladies brainwashing magazine, Chatelaine. Um, <laughs> have, have you, if you've ever, like, if you're a normal woman and you pick up one of those, are you as insulted by the content as I am when I pick it up? I'm like, I don't, I don't care about any of this stuff. Like <laughs> none of it. Um, I, if I need recipes, that's what Pinterest is for. Yeah. I don't understand. And like the, just the nonsense and the, like the fawning over Justin Trudeau and, Oh, another, um, <clears throat> another fluff piece on name the inept female, um, uh, minister of the crown, like yeah. all of them. It's just, it's just awful. And it's all, I don't know if that's what feminism is. 
but no thank you. Well, Sheila, we don't subscribe to those uh, periodicals, but they subscribe to the old saying, don't bite the hand that feeds. They know that very well. But we should move on. And you alluded to this right off the top of the show, uh, Sheila, uh, flight attendants perhaps (laughs) enduring abuse uh, from customers. But you got to have some sympathy for those poor Canadians flying out of here. I know when Ezra last week uh, flew out to Calgary, that was over 11 hours in terms of, yeah. you know, the waiting, the fly. I mean, I mean, 11 hours. I mean, you should be descending upon, I don't know, Hong Kong in terms of the timeline there. Um, but it's outrageous. And one of the reasons, of course, is that Arrive Can. Uh, which is completely useless. You have mayors saying this. You have chief medical health officers saying this. You have anyone connected with tourism saying this because this is adversely affecting people flying into Canada. And before we go on, let's show what I think might be the most ludicrous example of how useless this app is and how vindictive the government is It's about that 86-year-old man being denied entry for not having uh, the smartphone app because I believe, what was the reason for that? Why was he uncooperative? Oh, yeah, he didn't have a smartphone. He's 86. How about we roll that video? Travels on his own, I travel on my own. I have the ArriveCan app and he does not. Okay. He has his proof of documentation showing that he's been vaccinated. That's all that's required. No, he has to uh, cancel all. We can put him onto North County nope. and get it done. How come you don't want to do it? Why should I have to? Because it's a requirement to get to Canada. What if he was flying by himself? Yeah, I, I will be flying by myself, and I don't have a cell phone. Yeah, but that's so what does he do? Put it on hers. No. Yeah, but if I'm flying by myself, how can I do that? Are you guys related? Yeah. 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 So what's the problem with putting it on your account? I don't think I should have to. Why not? What's yeah. Fancy, fancy. Never mind. This is a bureaucracy gone amok. I know. But you know, this, that's why you have to do it, right? This is one of the requirements as part of the quarantine app, right? To get back in. Well, so let's just, see. You've got, you've got my, you've got my COVID shots. I've had four of them. Okay. You have, you have my passport. Okay. Why not? Let's just do the paperwork and get this over with. Because they want the app. The government wants the app. Let me ask you. What, what's, what's the reason why you don't want to do it? I don't think I should have to. There's got to be a reason to it, though. I don't think I should have to. But there has to be. A it's. I'm reason. traveling. This is. This is my phone. It's my app. Okay. I'm just having myself on it. The- you know. This makes me so furious. Did you listen to that guy? Oh why, yes. He basically says, "Well, you have to do it." He doesn't. And then when they say why, he goes, "Well, you just have to." Yeah. Like basically, you just have to comply, and I—he doesn't even know why he needs to make those people comply because there's no good reason. He just keeps telling them you have to comply. Like if he's flying alone, he doesn't—that older man doesn't stand a hope in hell. I was just going through the um, arrive can requirements this morning, and their solution to well, if you don't have a cell phone, then they say just go on your computer and sign up for arrive can. And then print out the receipt because it gives you a receipt to print it out. What if you don't have a computer? If you don't have, I think people are, if you don't have a, a computer, I can't imagine that you have a smartphone, right? Like if you don't have yeah. a smartphone, your chances are you're one of those people that doesn't have a computer either. You just, that's not your thing. And if you're 86 years old and you don't have a smartphone, I'm willing to bet the 86 year old doesn't have a computer that he uses either. 
But what we do know that he has, Sheila, is four shots. He's quadruple vaccinated. That's as many as there are out there. In other words, he has obeyed the public health yeah. necromancers. He has done his due diligence as a good citizen, they would think, and got vaccinated. This pencil neck geek with the face diaper on at the airport, that bureaucrat, he's more concerned with the paperwork, the electronic paperwork, than he is with the fact that this guy is as vaxxed as you can get right now on the planet. But that, that doesn't seem to, to matter. So what's the point of getting all four shots then, Sheila? Well, and that's the thing here. I think there are a lot of Canadians who have thought that they could comply their way out of this, who are currently being mugged by reality. Yeah. Because the majority of travelers who are going out of the country and coming back in, they're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, boosted. He's an older gentleman. He's been boosted probably the... The people that should have got the vaccine and get the boosters, if you're elderly, you've got a few comorbidities, sure. Um, but these are the people who complied all along the way. Mm -hmm. And now welcome to everybody else's reality who have said, this is stupid. We're never going to get out of this by just going along to get along. These are the people who went along to get along. And now all of a sudden it's coming for them at the airport too. And none of it makes any sense because... If you read the government website, um, they basically say, well, you don't necessarily have to download ArriveCan, but if you don't put all your information into ArriveCan, you're going to get a fine. So that sounds to me like you have to, but basically that's the excuse. So they say, um, if you're if you're traveling back, oh, they also say your privacy is protected. And... Well um, uh, that's not true, given that this is the Public Health Agency of Canada snatching your information. They did it without your knowledge before. So what do you think they're going to do now that you've willingly turned over all your information to them? And say, it doesn't use GPS or other technology on your mobile phone to track your location. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not, but they're already getting that information through your cell phone company who is selling that information yeah. to the Public Health Agency of Canada without your knowledge or your consent tell us. L look at that. Your privacy is protected. Do you believe that, Sheila? Do you believe Not that when- Not for a second. We, they we were had... taking your information without telling you. Yeah. We we have had, um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, the ex-Ottawa police officer, Rob Stockey, who was wiretapped for taking yeah. part in freedom rallies. Uh, you're And this same government is saying your privacy is protected? Are you kidding yeah. me? They're wiretapping citizens. They're going into their bank accounts and freezing them um, for political thought crimes. Don't give me this crap that my privacy is protected. And Not for a second. And the other thing, it, it, you know, it's what you just said to build on what you just said, Sheila, the, um, well, you don't need an Arrive Can app, but uh, it, you're going to be fined $5,000 if you don't uh, play ball. It's kind of like the narrative we've seen the last two years, Sheila, which is, well, you don't have to get vaccinated. And we're not going to fire you. We're just going to suspend you without pay and benefits. Um, so you're going to be, um, you know, <laughs> impoverished. Right. It's, not, yeah. it's not mandatory. We're yeah. just going to ruin your life until exactly. you comply. Um, and this, like, if you look at uh, on that same website, Efron or Olivia, if you don't submit your information through ArriveCan, you may be denied boarding if arriving by air or cruise ship. 
Entry into Canada if crossing at a land, rail, or marine border crossing. Yeah. A Canadian citizens uh, and foreign nationals uh, are able to enter Canada under entry exemptions, such as for work, study, or <clears throat> compassionate grounds. They won't be denied entry if you don't have arrived can. So if you're just a regular old person just traveling because it's your right as a Canadian citizen under Section 6 of the Charter to travel, uh, you can be denied entry if you don't have arrived can. But if you have an, an exemption for work, study, compassionate grounds, you won't be denied entry, but you will still be subject to fines, quarantine, and uh, perpetual testing. So um, it's definitely not mandatory. They'll, again, they'll just ruin your life until you comply. Sheila, why is there this undercurrent of vindictiveness, of meanness? It seems so unnecessary to me. Or is this all about a revenue-generating device? I mean, going back to what we originally said, uh, when you're paying out eight-figure checks to terrorists and murderers, uh, you got to get that money somewhere. So is this all about, you know, plumping up the federal coffers? No, I don't think Justin Trudeau cares about finances at all. <laughs> yes, true. Um, what am I saying? <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I think this is um, a form of social credit. Hmm. This is the people who complied. You've got the people who have complied 90% of the way through all of this. They've gotten their vaccines. They've gotten their boosters. They did it because they wanted to travel. So they weighed the risk versus reward versus their own um, whatever they could stomach complying to go along to get along. The, this is bringing those people over the finish line mm. of social credit and surveillance to get them fully integrated, fully compliant with the system. That's what I think this is about. This is about yep. making sure those people who are 75% to 95% of the way right, completely compliant with everything Let's make sure they're 100% compliant or we will punish them until they are. You know what? You've convinced me. And in the meantime, Sheila, around the world, we are the laughing stock. I mean, oh, we've got to be on a human rights watch list somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Give You know, between locking up pastors, locking up political dissidents, seizing the bank accounts of people. We sound a lot like China, uh, Cuba seize the bank accounts of political dissidents um, during the freedom protests. Venezuela routinely locks up political protesters. Um, locking up pastors, that sounds a lot like China. We are doing the things the world's worst human rights abusers are doing. And who do we complain to? The people with the human rights abusers on their international commissions great uh, yeah Sheila and good point and, and by the way where's Bernie Farber and the anti-hate network when you really need them why aren't they at the airport blowing the whistle on this garbage you know they're uh they're too busy uh they don't I, care I, about human rights they care no. about shutting up people they don't like exactly they really they don't care about human rights for example I just sat in on a like yesterday morning before I jumped on the stream I was um, watching the bail hearing for Pat King. And I think Pat King doesn't like me. I, I think the feel, the feel, well, I don't really have a lot of feelings about Pat King, but I, I do know that he gets his facts wrong and then attacks people who tries to correct him on his facts. And You're I, right. I think he was not, I think he was not a good spokesperson for, uh, any sort of freedom movement. I think he does himself no favors, 
But I don't believe that any of those things should result in his increase in, or his continued incarceration for five months. And I was happy to find out that he would be granted bail yesterday because yeah. my feelings about somebody's personal opinions has no bearing on their human rights whatsoever. And it shouldn't. That's the point about human rights is that how somebody else feels about your existence, it doesn't matter because you have human rights regardless. No, you're right. Um, Pat King gets his facts wrong. Uh, Pat King, well, he doesn't tell the truth when he gets his facts wrong. Uh, but nevertheless, we can't be happy about even a person like him being a political prisoner, much like Tamara Legion. By the way, Sheila, no. the last couple of days when this story was breaking, I was listening to the mainstream media outlets. Uh, it's what I do when I'm stuck in traffic, thanks to the gridlock in Hogtown. It's good to know what you're paying for. You know, <laughs> yeah. you bought it. You may as well listen to it. But, you know, I picked up a two-word phrase whenever they were talking about this case and when it came to the Freedom Convoy. And they multiple media outlets, regardless of their ownership, referred to the Freedom Convoy as the so-called Freedom Convoy, over and over, so-called Freedom Convoy. So, Why don't they say, oh, I don't know, so-called Black Lives Matter movement? Because we know the people behind Black Lives Matter. They don't care about black lives. They're Marxists, after all. That's what they are. But they would never say so-called Black Lives Matter. But when it comes to the Freedom Convoy, and that's what it was. It was called the Freedom Convoy. It's so-called, you know, sort of to discredit them, Sheila. I, I just found that appalling. Where would I? You know what? I saw this the other day because I was working on a story with Tamara and we are sort of workshopping the things that we wanted to put in this story to, to sh exhibit our point. Um, and we were, you should know this name, uh, Evan Balgard. Um, he used to work for, I think it was Canadian journalist for free expression, CGFE. Mm, and he was, he was the chief censorship guy over there. Um, <laughs> Anyways, he's the executive director at the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. And oh, yeah. um, his big thing is that freedom is an alt-right concept. And I, I saw this published in the CBC without like a single ounce of irony. Um, <laughs> and he's like, they're yelling. They care so much about their freedom. They're taking freedoms away from other people who don't kind have the same kind of agency and choice that they do. And it's like they're yelling freedom because they want everybody to have the same kind of choice and agency that they do. That's why when you go to the freedom protests, there are people who have had no impacts on their lives during COVID who are vaccinated, but they're saying, I want everybody else to have the same freedom to work and, and do the things and have the choices that I do. But he, he just doesn't have a clue like um, freedom the concept of freedom can be used to reject equality. What? No, I think they want equality of outcomes and not opportunity. Like it's just these people are, you know, Sheila, it's like what I said months ago, freedom in this country, in certain circles is the new F word. The maple leaf in certain circles in this country is the new hate symbol uh, because people from the Freedom Convoys have uh, proudly flown that. And you've seen it picked up in countries ranging from India to Australia when you had their trucker protests, them flying the Canadian flag. It was inspiration. And for this guy with the anti-hate network, 
um, with his statements, he's proving what I just said. You know, the this idea whole thing from this. Sorry, go ahead. This whole thing from the CBC says uh, they've interviewed every like busybody anti-freedom leftist in the entire country. And one of them says the concept of freedom as displayed in the anti-mandate protest is something more often attributed to the United States. Quote, freedom is often used as a national entitlement. <laughs> I think it's a, it, it's a human rights entitlement, by the way. But anyways, as a claim for what people have, she said. Um, I, I just can't believe that somebody thinks this way, but I should believe this after two years. Freedom is the opposite uh, of uh, wanting what other people have. It's about wanting to be left alone. Leftism. <clears throat> is about wanting what other people have without going out and earning it for yourself no, and it, wanting to control other people to uh, alleviate your TV-induced anxiety about a disease that you will ultimately have no problem surviving. And to think our tax dollars are going to these organizations to prop them up, otherwise, you know, they die on the vine. Unbelievable. Sheila, I believe yes. it is time to run a little ad, which we've uh, been oh. told we, we must Oh, before do. we go to that, yeah. before we go to that, um, let's just show our noarrivecan.com website. We've got, oh, um, and yeah, so we've got, uh, it's like a couple of fronts, different fronts of attack that we plan to fight back. And we're doing this in partnership with our friends at the Democracy Fund. That's a registered Canadian charity, CRA registered Canadian charity. And they work to educate on civil liberties, but also advance civil liberties through strategic litigation. And that's what we're going to do here in partnership with them. So um, we are going to um, see if we can find, again, in partnership with the Democracy Fund, some strategic clients who have been uh, fined for not using the ArriveCan app or, you know, just received a fine at the airport in relation to the ArriveCan app, because I've seen people who have even used the ArriveCan app, but you've used it wrong, according to the person you've come in contact with, because they just are making it up. And uh, they've ended up with enormous tickets. I think they're about $6,000 a piece. So think about your family of mom, dad, and three kids traveling. You're looking at $30,000 plus because they also tack on a victim surcharge onto this because I guess you victimized the government by not giving them all your information. So uh, there's a form on the, if you are one of those people, there's a form there. And I was looking through the intake form this morning. Um, I think we have, since this went out last night, we've heard from well over 500 people who have been victimized or uh, inconvenienced in some wow. way by ArriveCan. So you can tell us that. We'll, we'll look at it. There's no, unfortunately, there's no guarantee that we can help you, but we do want to hear from you because you might be our strategic litigant. And uh, there's also a petition. So if you're not someone who has been victimized by ArriveCan quite yet, but you never know when you're going to be. But if you think that this is ridiculous, that after two years and people who have complied, people who have not complied, but no vaccination requirement to get on an airplane anymore, you still have to turn over all your information to the government to enter into your own country. If you think that's crazy on that same website, there's a petition against the ArriveCan app. So throw your support behind these people who have been victimized by ArriveCan. 
and um, we're going to report because I think this is hugely underreported. Like I said, just overnight, well, and we haven't even done a news video on this. We just wrote the petition page and sent an email out and we are getting inundated with people who have a story to tell. I think this is an underreported story. Oh, We're yeah. going to do our best to tell the stories of these people who are just trying to come home. They're trying to follow the rules, but that's not good enough for Justin Trudeau, Teresa Tam and their surveillance agency, the Public Health Agency of Canada. And, you know, Sheila, I just love the fact that in addition to that egregious and outrageous $6,000 fine, they tack on an additional tax called a victim surcharge. You're the victim and you're paying basically the oppressor, the victim surcharge. Yeah. Like none of this makes sense. I mean, you know, what a stupid name for another way to get another uh, couple of quid out of the actual victim of this. And don't tell me these people aren't victims, folks. When you have an 86-year-old man in a wheelchair who's been quadruple vaxxed, that, you know, this is a penalty in the thousands of dollars for not having the right electronic paperwork. Only a bureaucrat would indeed be concerned about that because he's played by all the rules that they want us to play by, and he's still getting that fine. This is an absolute outrage, um, uh, you know, and, and that's incredible traction for something that was just um, launched uh, so recently, uh, Sheila. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you can pull out up this National Post article. This is how bad it is. Again, these people are quadruple vaccinated. They're travelers. They're flying. This one man, because a glitch in the app now, because any app developed by the government is terrible. This is why I was so against their like weather app. I'm like, well, I got like 120 weather apps that I can get off the Google Play Store. Why do I need one made by Catherine McKenna? But anyway, um, because they use that information, your location data in that as it turns out. Anyway, so if you have that app, just get rid of it. Um, but anyway, uh, this man, David Crouch, he came back. He even downloaded the Arrive Can app. So he, again, complying the whole way through. He's quadruple vaccinated. He's got the Arrive Can app. He gave them all his information. He hasn't tested positive for COVID. He has no symptoms. He doesn't even have a chronically sniffly nose like I do. The border guard waved him back into Canada last week when he came home, said nothing about getting a COVID test or quarantining. But when he got home, he found an email and a notification in his ArriveCan app telling him to stay home for two weeks. And if he doesn't, now he's breaking quarantine. And guess what? $5,500 fine plus the victim surcharge to, for victimizing Justin Trudeau by not following his rules. And, and was I following the headline correctly, Sheila? This is being blamed on a glitch? Yeah, but they don't care. Yeah. and they and don't care. So to go back to what... Yeah, That's there you go. That's your problem, not a theirs. A glitch. So, yeah, it, it's still your problem. But wait a minute. If there's a glitch about ordering you into quarantine... Remember what we talked about earlier? The Your privacy is protected? Maybe there could be a glitch there, too. Just maybe. And again, it's our problem. Give me a break. I've seen one too many of these government apps that they say your privacy is uh, protected. 
but then they're gathering your location data. And it's not just the government. It's uh, Tim Hortons just recently got in trouble for that. Your Tim Hortons oh, app. Oh, yes, yes. You're that's still right. going to that awful company that bans unvaccinated <laughs> children from their camps. Um, if you're still going there, um, their app is spying on you. Uh, Catherine McKenna, when they were like, oh, we're going to make a weather app. And at the time, I was like, this seems expensive. Why would they do that? Since if you go on whatever app store, depending on whatever operating system your phone uses, if you plug in weather, you get like 200 different apps that you can download. Why does the Canadian government need to spend money on it? Well, it's because it eventually it became known that they were tracking your location data oh, if you downloaded the app. And wow. so, um, you know, I'm always wary of these things because they do just track you no matter what. You know, Sheila, it reminds me of the old joke, and it's really not a joke, the um, top 10 lies ever told. I don't have time, of course, for all 10. But number two, the check is in the mail, which used to be number one. But now yep. number one is, hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. And without <laughs> the government, <laughs> we, we're protecting your privacy Yeah, is, I think, the number one one. I'm and, from the government, and I'm protecting your privacy. Yeah. I'm from the government. I'm jailing you for having a thought crime regarding freedom. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. We got to get to that ad and then we'll come back with uh, yes. more insanity in this crazy world in which we live. Let's roll. Hey, folks, check out the newest arrival to the Rebel News Store. Yes, F is for Fidel and F is for father. I mean, could it be? Yes, it, half this photo, the colored half, is Justin Trudeau. The black and white half is a young Fidel Castro. Wait now, or is it vice versa? It's so confusing. I'm a huge Forensic Files fan. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a piece of Justin's DNA and a piece of Fidel's DNA and put the rumor to bed once and for all? But in the meantime, we'll just have to walk around wearing this shirt, hinting at a great Canadian conspiracy. Or is it? In any event, if you want to get this shirt, folks, go to the Rebel News Store and check this out. Type in our new discount code, that's SUMMER, S-U-M-M-E-R, and if you buy two unisex t-shirts, you get an additional one for free. What a deal. Like I said, Justin Trudeau, Fidel Castro. As they used to say on the ABC detergent ads, can you tell the difference? I can't tell the difference. You know, Sheila, I have a uh, new conspiracy theory, uh, given the images of Justin Trudeau uh, that came out this weekend with that crazy Jim Carrey haircut from Dumb and Dumber. And oh I'm thinking because His if we hairdresser is a conservative, <laughs> <laughs> but I my theory is because that shirt, folks, it is flying off the shelves. I hope we don't have any logistical supply issues with certain sizes because it is really selling well. But you know what? Um, if we had to rely on Justin Trudeau's Dumb and Dumber haircut, and maybe Mr. Producer can call that up in case you haven't seen it, which is a dead ringer for the Jim Carrey character in that movie. Uh, there isn't so much of a resemblance with, with, look at that. Holy mackerel, Sheila. I mean, we should do another shirt with Justin Trudeau and uh, Jim Carrey from that movie. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, 
I know that. Hello, I, Barber. Give me the Lloyd Christmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> that I, I mean, I heard there's a new barber shop in Ottawa. I think Justin went to it. I, what's it called again? Oh yeah, for three bucks you're laughing, and so is everybody else. What in blue blazes was he thinking about? Other than I got to play down this Fidel Castro resemblance, uh, because hey, Fidel Castro, say what you will, he was a dictator, um, but he would never be caught dead with a haircut like. Yeah, even though he wore green army fatigues, he had a little more fashion sense when it came to his hair. And maybe he's trying to give himself a new image thanks to the way our T-shirt is selling. Of course, I have absolutely no evidence about that, but I'm going to run with that nevertheless, Sheila. You know, David, uh, sorry, I seem a little bit distracted. As we were watching that ad, I had an email come to my phone. Mm. And remember when we said... Um, I think all the publications in the country are subsidized by Justin Trudeau. Yes. Well, uh, the number is 763. <laughs> the Department of Canadian Heritage spokesperson Daniel uh, Savoie said in a statement provided to Canada Land that there are 763 publications accepted for the program of the uh, Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. Unbelievable. 763. Um, That's wow. all of them, basically, except yeah. us and probably True North and Western Standard, I bet. Yeah. No, I think you're right about that, Sheila. Um, absolutely incredible. Well, we shall move on. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Prince oh, Harry We should talk is... about the things. Yeah, Prince Harry. Let's talk about <laughs> What is this doddering fool going on about now? I think we have some video of a... Um, a monumental stupid quote. So why don't we run that before we dissect it? How many of us feel battered, helpless, in the face of the seemingly endless stream of disasters and devastation? I understand. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. How many of us feel battered? That's good. I'm, you know what, do you have a friend who married a really awful woman and he's not cool anymore. <laughs> I do. I think everybody has a friend who are like, yeah, he was awesome. And then he got married to that horrible woman. And then I don't know, he's just browbeaten. And, and I, I bet he feels battered, but I don't think it's by climate change and disinformation and the rolling back of rights, as they say in the United States with regard to Roe v. Wade. I don't think that's what's battering him. I think he's browbeaten by that horrible woman that he married who oh. thought she was going to be a princess but didn't realize that that meant you have to shut up your social justice mouth and that wasn't good <laughs> enough. And so she decided, you know what we should do? Completely alienate you from your family. Move you and the grandkids across the ocean as your ailing, frail uh, grandmother, the queen marches slowly towards death. Let's make sure you're far away from her and saying stupid things out of your entitled mouth. You know what I like about the, the other brother, William, 
He never says this sort of stuff. Yeah. His wife, she raises those kids. She fully slid right into the apolitical sort of aloof and above politics role that you have to be when you're in the royal family. You don't engage in politics. That's for the commoners. You are aloof. You're above it all. You're consistent. Um, they are nailing that. They do like all their charity work. They're great. If I had to pick a, a royal out of the bunch, I hope that Charles is never king and it just skips over him and goes right to William. But this guy, he's the worst. And I, he used to be my favorite. You know, he was kind of fun. He was in the military. He did a couple of tours of duty in active combat. Um, and I thought he was different. And then like that guy that everybody knows who marries that awful woman, this is what you get. Everybody knows that guy. Everybody has a guy like that in their life. This one is in the royal family. I'm with you. Certainly with his military service, that speaks volumes. He didn't have to do that. Um, but Sheila, forgive my stupidity here because he said something, uh, the few, I think he said, conveying lies at the expense of the many. Something along those. What is he talking about? What? what oh, online disinformation. Oh. This is him getting his talking points from YouTube. Okay. <laughs> and, and the social justice warriors who I still see. work at Twitter. This is him saying, and, you know, too much CBC. Russia is fueling disinformation around the world or whatever. He's scared of climate change. Um, he couldn't, I guess, late term abort the queen's grandchildren, depending on whatever state he lives in. So very upsetting for him and his horrible wife. And so here they are. He's complaining now from his like uh, talk about privilege. Just shut up. Yeah. Shut you know, up. Here, Here's the deal, Sheila. Do you think he really believes this or. If he doesn't no. say this, he goes home and he's going to get yes. nagged. <laughs> yes, exactly. That makes it worse he, almost. When he says, who among us feels battered? I think that's the only sincere thing he's saying there. Because I think he does feel emotionally battered by his overwearing or his overbearing wife. Yeah. I think that is the true thing there. But all the other stuff, I really don't think that party boy... Uh, Harry cares about those things. And he of just course, unfortunately married an awful woman. And if you look at what's happening in London right now, I believe today they were um, achieved a record high uh, temperature. I know yesterday oh, London great. was the hottest city on the planet. And of course, all the Greta Thunberg wannabes. See, you see how real climate changes. No, there's a difference That's between weather. weather and climate. <laughs> and our records only go back in terms of. Uh, you know, uh, uh, documenting climate, Sheila, I understand it's like less than 300 years. That is a blink of a geological eyelash in terms of a planet that's been around for billions of years. This is you why know. geophysicists don't, they're not worried about the climate scare. Geophysicists aren't because they know what the world was like when the world was greener, when life was bigger. That's yes. the thing about carbon in the atmosphere. If there's lots of carbon dioxide, it makes the plants bigger, which means that the animals who eat the plants are bigger and it creates broader biodiversity. It's a greening of the earth with these enormous plants and then enormous animals that eat them. That's what extra carbon dioxide in the atmosphere does. It yeah. doesn't cause devastation um, the way that the Greta Thunbergs of the world think 
But that's the unfortunate consequence of only being alive for 18 years. What, what you don't that, have a baseline. <laughs> and speaking, speak of the devil and she shall appear, at least on Twitter. This is not the new normal, the climate crisis. Oh, they're back to that again. By the way, is it crisis or emergency? I always fall back on that. The climate crisis will continue to escalate and get worse as long as we stick our heads in the sand and prioritize profit and greed over people and planet we are still sleepwalking towards Great. the edge. You know what? What is it. the thun- I don't care. since <laughs> since this the sky is falling routine emerged uh, via Greta Thunberg? What is the Thunberg family worth right now, Sheila? I would I would what what is it? How many millions are they raking in due to this? I got a real tough time listening to a kid that's only been alive for eighteen years who's never <laughs> actually had a real job and who eats. She's, from what I understand, and you can tell by her size, her yeah. stunted growth, <laughs> that she's been vegan for a very long time, and her food has to come halfway across the world. Where you think they're growing avocados wherever she is? Sweden? Sweden, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, yeah. So her food has to travel a lot farther than the 50 feet from my backyard where mine comes from. And she's telling me that I'm the climate problem. I don't think so, little lady. I don't think so. And maybe, maybe once you go out in the world, get a real job, live on your own, then we can talk about making life more expensive for other people after you have to cope with that. Because pretty soon, once you're paying taxes and your rent and your gas bill, you'll be saying, you know what? Uh, Climate change is not worth something that is, it's not worth what you're asking me to pay for it. That's Indeed. how these kids get mugged by reality. And yet, this is Time Magazine's Person of the Year from a couple of years ago. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, uh, no nothing teenager, like you said, never even had a, uh, a real job, has never had to pay real bills. Has she finished high school level chemistry? Has she even done that? I don't know. Has she finished high school level physics? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. So she isn't even talking about things in a way that other kids her age have a concept of. Yeah, but you know what? She's creating awareness, Sheila. That's what it's all right. about today. Creating awareness, not actually inventing something, right? You know, it, it, you know, it's amazing. Thank goodness in yester decade and yester century, we had all these brilliant entrepreneurs coming up with things. Oh, like the automobile, like penicillin. They weren't creating awareness of an automobile, an awareness of uh, a medicine. They were actually going into the lab and into the factory and creating stuff. And yet we have to listen to this. Uh, She's creating hysteria <laughs> and mass panic. And she actually said that um, when she said, like, I want you to panic in her speech or whatever. And the whatever, the house is on fire. That's the speech, right? And, and then the- she, I think she was quit. She was quizzed by members of the U.S. Congress saying, like, do you really think the house is on fire? Did you really want people to panic? And she said, oh, it was just a euphemism. It was just a thing, oh. um, like a, 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 a turn of phrase, a stress point to show people how they should take this seriously. But it, like basically she was just admitting that it's complete and total hyperbole. And yet, even when she admits that, you have people on the other side of the aisle, on her side of the aisle saying, Look, she's telling us to panic. Let's everybody freak out. And and I see we have um, that's great at the World Economic Forum. Uh, let's run that clip. I mean, uh, I always uh, 
This is always good for a laugh, seeing her preach to everyone else. Has come with an unthinkable price tag. And on climate change, we have to acknowledge that we have failed. All political movements in their present form have done so. And the media has failed to create broad public awareness. But Homo sapiens have not yet failed. Yes, we are failing, but there is still time to turn everything around. We can still fix this. We still have everything in our own hands. Now is the time to speak clearly. Solving the climate crisis is the greatest and most complex challenge that Homo sapiens has ever, have ever faced. Why doesn't the main she call solution, us however, <laughs> is so simple that even a small child can understand it. We have to stop the emissions simple. of greenhouse gases. It's and either we do that or we don't. Oh, that was You profound. say nothing in life is black or white, but that is a lie, a very dangerous lie. Either we prevent a 1.5 degree of warming or we don't. Okay, that's either good right there. setting yeah. off that. Well, you know, that okay, that... well, she says this is very simple, but there's no possible way that anybody can measure an increase in global temperature by 1.5 degrees. It is absolutely impossible. Yeah. You can't even measure a temperature in your backyard accurately. Yeah. All you can do is measure the temperature in that one exact spot where the where the thermometer is at that exact moment. You can put things, Michelle Sterling did just an experiment to demonstrate how stupid this stuff is. She put, from Friends of Science, she put a bunch of thermometers in her backyard and then she marked them with like the animals yes. they like to scare you that are gonna become extinct. So one was a polar bear and one was this <laughs> other thing. And like one was, Canute, that other polar bear that they said died of climate change at a German zoo or whatever. She marked them all around, and then she put the Yeti out there. And it was like, there was sometimes 20 degrees difference in her own backyard within like 20 feet of each other. So tell me how you can measure a global temperature change of 1.5 degrees Celsius. They keep telling you this, but it is impossible for them to do it. The, the amount you. of thermometer arrays that you would need would take up thousands of acres. Sheila, to appropriate a comment uh, Greta Thunberg would use, how dare you? How dare you bring yeah. science into the equation? Right? No, yeah. <laughs> I want you to panic. And I'm like, okay, I'll panic, but just like show me why I should be panicking. Show me how you plan to measure this and I'll do the panicking, but they can never get there. Unbelievable. Sheila, uh, we're uh, running out of racetrack rapidly here. I think we have some chats we must get to. Yes, we do. Uh, we should touch on the thing that's the last remaining thing in the YouTube um, headline, and that is that Alberta Health Services ended their vax mandate. It came mm. down yesterday. I wrote it up yesterday. It, I just got an email from somebody that I know who is a longtime employee of Alberta Health Services, forwarded me their um, the email that they got from the interim CEO at Alberta Health Services saying that they are basically ending the vax mandate. Uh, they are still advising vaccination, but they also acknowledge the failing efficacy of the vaccines against certain variants. And mm. they consider that in their decision. And uh, this is, I just published, I just basically cut and pasted so that everybody could read it for themselves. I didn't want to edit anything out. Um, but the interesting thing is that there's no 
acknowledgement that you destroyed the lives of longtime valuable Alberta Health Services employees because of this vaccination policy yep. that only survived about seven months because mm-hmm. I think they brought it in sort of at the end of January or the or sorry the middle of December December 13th I think mm-hmm. it was and they destroyed lives put families considering like selling their house losing everything they forced people into an eat or vaccine situation where they're like do I feed my kids do I pay my bills or do I take this thing that I think is going to hurt me or at least not be effective? They asked people to violate their conscience to pay their bills. They deprived people of their income. These were good employees, ethical employees that lost their jobs because of this policy. And there's no acknowledgement of trying to make it right by those people. So I'm glad the policy is over. But what are you going to do about the people you hurt? Yeah. Well, Sheila, how dare you? Didn't you get the memo? We're all in this together. Except yeah, when we're this- not. Yeah. Except except um, when you choose something different and then, uh, no, you're on your own. I wonder what Mr. Kenny would say about this news right now. Uh, I don't know. He's was stampede almost over. Is it over now? <laughs> it's probably in a pancake coma. Um, OK, let's uh, let's go to some of these chats. And this one. This one, I'm sorry it took so long to get to it. Um, Annalisa, 1964, president of the David Menzies Fan Club for Life. (laughs) She gives us a hundred bucks. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Annalisa. She says, hello, my favorite rebels. A big extra hello to my sweet Menzies. I think she just likes having me say these things. I think she's paying money to embarrass me at this point. Uh, I haven't been able to watch your shows until the evening because work has been so busy. I miss you all so much. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Annalisa. I appreciate that so and, much. Annalisa, I'm so happy work has been so busy for you. Uh, we are so busy here at Rebel News. We've never been busier. I'm sure you'd agree, uh, Sheila. And I've always said... Uh, better to be too busy than the alternative, because uh, that's when I start to worry. But that's a wonderful donation. Thank you for such a sweet comment. Uh, as I say often, Sheila, where were these women in high school? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> maybe You're in aging some... like a fine wine, David. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in some mirror universe, I'm cool at high school <laughs> instead of running home for fear of an atomic wedgie about to take place. But <laughs> You've had a big glow up, as the kids say. I don't know. I just learned that word the other day. I'm trying to put it in, in to conversation and my kids are like, Mom, no, don't. You're just don't. Anyway, Trini Canadian gives us a buck. It says Epoch TV is streaming now chapter one of six of a new documentary called Trucking for Freedom. Maybe reach out to the directors to showcase the docuseries on Rebel News. Um, we also have our own trucker documentary at truckerdocumentary.com. Our in-house documentarian, Kian K2 Simone. I don't know why we call him K2 because he's number one in our heart. I mean, he's the second Kian that worked for the company, but he's, he's number one as far as I'm concerned. And... Um, he he did a great job on that documentary, and um, if you didn't get a chance to see it, um, stay tuned. Uh, Shauna Marie, G83, five bucks. Are Lewis and Lincoln still in the Netherlands? They're coming home today, if not already home. Uh, poor Lincoln is going to be subject to a two-week quarantine oh. also upon arrival. 
they've been doing amazing work there, praying for their safety. Yeah, they're they're on their way home now. Um, if things pop off, though, Lincoln is, or uh, Lewis is very close. It's a hop, skip, and a jump, and a and a flight away. But he can get there pretty quick if something um, quite large breaks there. And Sheila, as I understand it, um, this weekend, this Saturday, I believe, in various Canadian cities, there's going to be convoys in solidarity with the Dutch farmers. Yes, I believe here in the Greater Toronto area at Vaughan Mills in Vaughan. Uh, not that far away from uh, Sneaky Patrick Brown's secret CPC headquarters building, by the way. But I believe there's uh, convoy people, him. Yeah, people <laughs> are going to congregate there. Of course, Patrick Brown wouldn't dare show uh, show his face uh, with these true Canadians. So, um, and I think is there one in Calgary uh, going to happen? I believe or. Oh, I'm sure there is. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, folks, uh, if you want to show your solidarity in Calgary. Yep. And if you want to show your solidarity uh, for these uh, brave Dutch farmers, uh, maybe that's where uh, you can spend part of your weekend coming up. You know, those Dutch farmers are the first ditch fighters. They're fighting against these things that are coming to our communities in the first ditch so that we don't fight in the last one. Yep. Uh, Paul Otto Newman gives us three bucks. David, maybe you should... Uh, buy a Bluetooth device for your car so that you don't have to subject yourself to the media party's Pravda outlets. Look, I know that David <laughs> listens to the Patriot in his car sometimes, um, but you have to really consider the fact that David can't use any uh, extra electricity. I don't even think he can use the air conditioning <laughs> oh, because he drives an electric you. car. So he has to really conserve electricity and power if he's trying to get to whatever destination he's going to. And I think what's, what's your rate range? Like 15 kilometers? Uh, no, Sheila, as I've always told you, it's a plug-in hybrid. <laughs> I am not solely uh, reliant on electricity. I also have a gas tank. Uh, the glee, the green goblin is always fully charged and fully uh, filled with fossil fuels. I've covered all my bases, but getting back to the media monitoring, um, you know, it's the old saying, Sheila, I think, you know, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Uh, I have I you know, it's painful to listen sometimes, but um, you have to uh, yeah. see what our tax dollars are funding, the propaganda that's out there. And I'm going to give a plug to a, a friend of ours and Sheila. Uh, both of us have appeared on his show. It's a smaller radio station in the uh, GTA, Saga 960. And it, I speak of the Richard Serrett show. Richard Serrett is a fantastic guy. He's it's amazing. basically, in many respects, it's like Rebel News Radio, uh, given the subject matter he tackles. Uh, Sheila just gave a fantastic uh, interview on Richard's show last week. And um, I, uh, you know, support him. He He's on the air from 4 till 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, he's a great host. Uh, he tackles what the other guys aren't tackling. He provides a contrarian viewpoint. And, uh, yeah, so aside from Richard, I guess there's satellite radio, right? You know, yeah. because as I've said many times, Sheila, in terms of Toronto radio, if some of these cats don't get off the air soon, I'm going to stop breathing it. I think Richard <laughs> does a great job. Yeah. And he's unafraid. He tackles all the subjects I think that he knows normal people care about. He, um, he frequently has uh, many of us on the show. Yep. Um, and uh, he also 
has a like a paranormal, cryptid, alien, unexplained podcast. And it, one of the longest running ones in Canada. Like he was an early adopter of podcasting. And frankly, I'm just appearing on his regular show on hopes of getting on to that other one because I have some cryptid things that I want to talk to him about. That, that's really Eventually. interesting because uh, our friend, uh, I believe, Andrew Chapados uh, mentioned there's some kind of a in Durham region, which is in the GTA, I suppose. There's this Saskatchewan, um, I almost said Saskatchewan, um, Sasquatch hunting club. Uh, evidently, there's rumors of a Sasquatch in Durham. Region. There in Durham? <laughs> It's pretty, not a lot of wilderness there, but uh, what do you think, boss? Should I, uh, you know, embed myself with the Sasquatch hunting team and see if they come up with? Uh... My problem is if somebody from that neck of the woods finds a Sasquatch, we're all screwed. <laughs> like, I know that in Alberta, there are many, many Sasquatch hunting clubs, and we are way off topic, I realize it. But there are many, many Sasquatch hunting clubs, and I have a friend who's like, him and his wife, they go and they have like their little Sasquatch hunting unit. Um, and they they sometimes post pictures of like the things that they find. And I follow them very closely. It's kind of fun. And I'm, I've been like, oh, I've been quatting there. I know exactly where that is. Um, but in Alberta, I think we're sort of aware that if you find a Sasquatch, never tell anybody. Don't tell a soul. Don't tell the government because <laughs> the places where you might find a Sasquatch strong overlap with oil and gas and coal mining. And so they will use, they will protect the Sasquatch right away. And then all of a sudden you can't drill, you can't mine for coal. So friends out there, if you find a Sasquatch, you just keep it to yourself. Keep it between you and the Sasquatch because if the government finds out, we're all screwed. And so please, David, if you're talking to those Durham Sasquatch hunter people, <laughs> Tell them if you find one, shut your mouth okay. right away. <laughs> I just want to see one and take a photograph. That's all, Sheila. And what I've always, what I'm always curious about. I don't know what the Alberta uh, Sasquatch clubs tell you, but even if this is the most elusive animal uh, this side of the Arctic links, nicknamed the Ghost of the North, um, surely. There are some droppings in the habitat. Like, why don't we ever come across those? That isn't that. I think the they would probably eat the same things as a bear. So I think that you wouldn't know the difference, right? Because okay. I think it would probably be scavengers, like a bear, where they would eat berries or like the the like high caloric food in the fall. So I, I think you'd probably have a hard time telling it apart. But couldn't probably. you do some kind of DNA analysis? You know, are you to... going to pick up every turd you find in the forest, David? <laughs> Because that's what you're asking these people to do. Think about it. This is why you're not a Sasquatch hunter. Obviously, that's a lot of work. You're just going to DNA what? every turd you find? I don't think so. What should I wear you know, on a Sasquatch hunt, Sheila? <laughs> you and your costumes. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Razor McBurney. Uh, if a terrorist group said we are going to eliminate 95% of the people in your country, what would we do? Eliminate them first. And why do we not label the World Health Organization and the WEF a terrorist group? You know, David Suzuki says a lot of these, like, we're overpopulated. We need to limit the amount of people on the face of the earth stuff. And normal people would call that eugenics. But because his politics are right, 
and they care about his cause of environmentalism, then the fact that you're saying that some people should live and some people should die, the progressives of the world and the mainstream media just cut him a pass because, you know, he's just crazy Uncle David and he says things. Yeah, crazy Uncle David who has how many houses and how much uh, jet Five travel kids. does he... Five, Five kids. Six? So I I have... <laughs> I have to have fewer children, you see, yeah. to save the planet. But David Menzies can have five kids, and oh. that's fine. Yeah. David Menzies or David Suzuki? David David Suzuki. You know, David, <laughs> you can have as many kids as you want. I'm just happy you have a couple. You know, good, good for Lady Menzies. Yeah. Um, Stores closed yeah, there, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, David Suzuki has five kids. Okay. And uh, a house... By the way, he has a house in Australia. So he, like a circumnavigation of the globe is his commute to his uh, summer house or winter house or whatever. Um, but yeah, I have my my SUV is the problem. Yeah. Sure. How tone deaf these people are, Sheila. It's unbelievable. Yeah. A buck from Fraser McBurney. Our freedom came out of a barrel of a gun. Do we have to do it again? These tyrants better watch out. Uh, Fraser, be careful. Um, because uh, <laughs> things like that will get your bank account seized. Yeah. Um, DRB1313, 25 bucks. Canada is free and freedom is its nationality. Wilfred Laurier, uh, the effing uh, turds at DC need a history enema. I just read the chat. <laughs> yes. I just read the chat. Um, Paul Otto Newman gives us a buck. Justin still has Fidel's nose and eyes. He can't hide it unless his face is painted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, that's a good idea. Why don't we digitally color uh, Fidel Castro's face, give him blackface, and compare it to Justin Trudeau's blackface and see how similar those two photos are? I mean, uh, who knows, Sheila? I just, yeah, and, you know, people are going to say, oh, you shouldn't be talking about his paternity like that. I see it as ideological paternity. Um, you know, sort of like when people who've been married a long time start to dress like each other. It's sort of like that, where you just end up sort of morphing into the same person. Justin Trudeau is doing that with communists. <clears throat> DRB1313 gives us 25 bucks. Love the Justin Castro tea, but don't need convincing that the prime minstrel is a bastard. Again, I just read the chats. Well, on the bright side, at least he's not a fat bastard. Yeah. Uh, Trini Canadian gives us a buck. How does Olivia put up with David? How does anybody? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just teasing. No, David's great. He's one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. I just tease him. Um, and I'm Olivia, very nice to Olivia. I'm always you're nice very to nice to all of us. Yeah, very nice to all of us. You're a very kind, man. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, he's a handful, but you're awesome. You too, Sheila. There wow, you go. thanks very much. I think Thank that's you. the end of the show. Uh, I, are we all caught up, Olivia? Or do we have any more coming in? We are all caught up, according to Lady Olivia. So well, well, and thank you to Olivia. Proving how nice I am to her. And, of course, mm -hmm. Efren and Danny behind the boards there. And uh, thank you to all of you who gave us a donation, unlike those reams of publishers that Sheila read to you all. 763. <laughs> um, can you imagine? 763. Imagine that. 763? Yeah. 763. Imagine having a trough of taxpayer dollars 
that was long enough to accommodate 763 recipients. I mean, uh, 763 snouts in the trough. Yeah. Unbelievable. So thank you all uh, for your donations. And of course, thank you to Sheila. There'll be two other Rebel News employees in this space at this time. That's 12 noon Eastern tomorrow. Sheila and I will be back on Thursday. And in the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. What do you do to relax? What do you do to switch off? Uh, I I like to paint um, or I make things. I like to... What do you make? I make... I have a thing where I make models of... I mean, when I was in like, well, Mayor of London, we build a beautiful... I make buses. You make models of buses. I make models of buses. So they're going to be do, in Downing Street. So, so what I do... No, what I do make models of buses, what I, I make is... I get, I get old, um, I don't know, wooden crates. Yeah. Right? And then I paint them. And they uh, and they have two, two. Suppose it's a wine. It's a box that's been used to contain two two wine bottles, right? Right. And it will have a, 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 a dividing thing. Yeah. And I turn it into a bus, and I so I put, I put passengers. You really want to know this? You're making you the, you're I making ma- buses. Ma- yeah, you're I making paint, cardboard I, buses. Paint, okay, know, that's paint, what you do to enjoy yourself. I paint, no, I paint no. the passengers enjoying themselves. Okay, great. On the wonderful bus. Great. 